Okay, so this morning's going to be a little different in that I don't really foresee us walking a whole lot this morning. I'm going to run in these next few minutes we have here before service ends. So disclaimer, we're going to run. Um, not necessarily that this will be every service, but this service today, I'm going to run. So let's, let's do that. Um, Really quick, I'm going to pray to you because this is a house of prayer. Father God, I thank you for this morning. Give us eyes to see you, ears to hear you, teachable hearts. We want your instruction. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to lead with a question I want you to think about. Don't answer me, but think about it. Do you do what you want for God or do you do for God what God wants? Think about that for a second. This is important because something really cool happens when I do for God what God wants. All right, let's go. We're familiar with the story of the prodigal son. I said we're running, so this, this is the pace. You remember the story of the prodigal son? We know that he, he goes away and he squanders his inheritance, right? He wants it early. He pulls something that isn't in season, out of season, takes it, and he squanders his um, inheritance. And he comes to the end of himself. We know this parable. He comes to his senses, the scripture says, and he thinks, you know what? It's better to be a servant in my father's household than to live like this. So he runs home, sees his dad. We know the story. He puts the ring on. He puts the sandals on. He puts his shoes on. He puts all that on. This is actually teaching us about our identity in God. He could squander his inheritance, but he could not squander his identity because his identity remained hidden in his father. Did you get that? In Colossians 3, 1 through 3, we see that. We see that it teaches that our identity is hidden in Christ. He couldn't squander that. So when I do for God what God wants and I abide in that proximity to the Father, remember that's where his identity stayed safe. He couldn't touch it. But when he was in proximity to the Father in that close relationship, the Bible refers to that as abiding That's where he found his identity. When I do for God what God wants, I find what God wants for me. Okay, so John 15 talks about this. I'm just going to give addresses. We're not going to read the full address. But John 15 talks about this, remaining in our identity by staying close to the Father. Philippians 2, 12 through 6, this passage tells us that that's the place where God gives us new desires. He gives us what to want. The things he wants for me. This is where our wants are actually supposed to come from. Do you do what you want for God or do you do what God wants for you? You cannot cut corners to get these wants. You can't. The difference between a love that is genuine and a love that is put on is one's cut corners to get there and the other's actually put in the time. God desires our genuine love and affection. 2 Corinthians 6.6 tells us this. He wants a sincere love, a genuine love. Doesn't want one that's put on. Doesn't want one that's cut corners. Back to our wants. When I'm abiding with Christ, that lifestyle changes the desires of my heart. It changes the wants, causing me to actually discover what I was created for, what I was created to do. So now I want to talk about willingness. You guys, you guys running with me? Are we running together? Give me some nods. We're running. Okay, willingness. Matthew 20, 16 and Matthew 22, 14 tells us this. This statement is made twice, that many are called but few are chosen. We're pretty familiar with this verbiage if you've grown up in the church. 
Now, sometimes we, we misunderstand it, though. Sometimes we think of it like this. We think of, like, remembering back when we're in school and the captain of the teams line up and they pick people to play on the field. They pick, pick people for the games they want to play, and they go down and they pick their favorite players and everybody else gets benched. But to better help us understand this scripture, think of it this. Think of it this way. Same scenario, but the captain says, hey, whoever wants to play, whoever raises their hand and wants to play, I'll put you in the game. And so he asks, who wants to play? Kids raise their hands, and he goes down the list and goes, okay, I choose you, 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 I choose you. Now we can refer to them as the chosen. God wants to use many, but few are willing. Something to also understand about our willingness is, if you didn't know this, willingness actually affects your growth in Christ. Did you know that? Do you know the game Red, the, the game red Light, Green Light? You remember playing that as a kid? All right, think of growth as your forward movement, right? Red light, green light. Think of growth. Growth is being represented by your forward movement. The green light represents willing. The red light represents unwilling. Do you see that? If you find yourself stuck in life, it's really helpful to do this little thing where you minister to yourself, and you do yourself a favor, and you speak a little truth, and you say, it isn't God's fault because stubbornness isn't a fruit of the Spirit. (laughs) it's a spoiler of fruits. And that's truth. Because in Christ, you grow at the pace of your willingness. You stop growing when you stop becoming willing. Okay. Our willingness to do what God wants is huge. And I'm going to get ahead of myself for a second here. This is why God places such a high value on obedience Because obedience to God says yes regardless of our want and leans solely on his will. Let me read that again. Obedience to God says yes regardless of our want and leans solely on his will. God loves that. And if you do that with a genuine heart and a genuine attitude, oh my goodness. How do I want to say this? When you do that with a genuine heart and a genuine attitude, you just express your love for God to God. John 14, 15 says this. Jesus says this. If you love me, keep my commandments. So obedience, when I do for God what he wants, regardless of my want, and I solely lean on his will with a good attitude, I've just expressed my love for God to God. That's where passion starts. Obedience out of a genuine heart paves the way for passion in our relationship with God. When I have a good attitude and I'm genuinely doing for God what he wants, outside of, regardless if it's what I want or not, that paves the way for passion in my relationship with God. It invites it. Okay, so now we're still running. Let's keep it up. We can do this. Uh, okay, um, now, that we've, now that we've got this kind of information up in our head, I want to talk about something equally as important. And that's barriers to willingness because those happen and those are real. There are many. I'm going to call out two, and those are the two I wanted to address this morning. First being self-doubt. Simply put, you wouldn't pick you. If something was to happen, you would say, oh, they're the the right person for that, or they're the right person for that. Self-doubt, first one. This is a barrier to our willingness. The amazing thing about God's nature is that he found people who weren't raising their hands, so to speak. 
Take Gideon, for example. I know, he sees everybody. Take Gideon, for example, in Judges 6, 12, out threshing wheat in the wine press, hiding from the Midianites, right? In fear, the Lord comes. We see him speaking to Gideon. And what does he say? He says, I'm going to paraphrase, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Interesting, if you notice what's happening here, because our true identity is hidden in Christ. So he shows up to Gideon and says, ah, this is actually your true, this is your identity. He gives Gideon God's version of Gideon. He doesn't talk to Gideon about Gideon's version of Gideon. Because Gideon's version is chilling in the wine press. He's not supposed to be there. There's actually a problem. He's the solution for it. So God shows up and says, gives him a peek. Here's your actual identity. And then here comes all the self-doubt, all of the reasons why and why not. And it's interesting that Jesus says, or we see the scripture records this. Is, um, Have I not sent you? God ain't changing his plans. Mighty man of valor is who I say you are. That didn't change. So speaking to you, for those of you with self-doubt who wouldn't pick yourself, hear this. God doesn't doubt you. I don't have the abilities. Oh, no, no, no. In Christ, if you are saved, you've received salvation, you're in Christ, God is your abilities. The most powerful thing you can do is carry the love of God in you. That is the most powerful thing you can carry. You cannot add to what God has given you. He gives you infinity. Infinity plus what? Like you you can't touch it. So for those that would say, I don't have abilities, if you were in Christ, Christ is your abilities. Stop threshing wheat at the wine press. That's not where you're supposed to be. Okay, so I want to hit another one. Disappointment and discouragement. Maybe you were willing in the past to open yourself up and trust God for something and believe God for something, and it didn't happen. It Actually, the outcome wasn't favorable. It left some hurt. I want to speak to that, too. In Matthew 17, 14 through 21, we see the story. We're familiar with it. A dad brings his son to, to bring him to Jesus to get healed. He brings his demon-possessed boy to Jesus. Jesus isn't there. The disciples try, but they're not able to cast out. Um, they're not able to cast it out. Okay. In this moment, they... We're displaying a lot of vulnerability and willingness like we often do at times when we trust in God. So to not see a miracle in that moment was crushing. Imagine their levels of disappointment and discouragement. Then Jesus shows up, demonstrates the love of God, and we see the kid get set free. Here's the thing. When I am met with disappointment and discouragement, I can either withdraw from God with my hurt. You can't tell me the disciples weren't hurt. They even asked Jesus, Why couldn't we do that? Right? So, I'll say it again. When I am met with disappointment and discouragement, I can either withdraw from God with my hurt, or I can press in with my hurt and let the love of God bring me through a thing. So what does Jesus tell them? He tells them this. He says, it's because of your unbelief. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Prayer is the language of our relationship with God. Fasting is the personal sacrifice and determination to wait on the Lord. In their disappointment and discouragement, Jesus points them towards pressing into God, not withdrawing. Did you see that? So I want to speak to this. For those of you who are carrying disappointment and discouragement, pressing in looks like not letting that hurt 
keep you from receiving God's love and giving God your love in return. No walls between you. No walls. When I choose to press in, I stay in that cycle, and I receive the truth of Galatians 6, 6 through 10, which teaches what a man sows, he reaps. That means you will sow in joy, sorry, you will reap in joy what you sowed in seasons of sorrow. Scripture teaches us that Jesus was a man well acquainted with sorrow. That tells me the love of God can be found there too. That tells me the love of God is powerful there too. That tells me the love of God is meant to operate and pull us through in that way too. All right. (laughs) Have you ever wondered what it looks like to have an entire church full of willingness to do what God wants? I have, and I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks like our church, because here's the thing. That's where God is taking us. That's where Ryan's following. The scripture teaches it's his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Would you stand with me? You ran ran a 15-minute run. Everybody stand. Come on. Okay. I'm going to close in this prayer. I'm going to pray over us. And if you find yourself agreeing with what I'm saying, go ahead and repeat it after me. Okay? Yeah? Nods? Nods? Okay. Here we go. God, I thank you that you're bringing life. That you're restoring right wants. Reviving passion. Healing hurt and instilling confidence. And say, I receive that for myself and for my household. Amen. God bless.